It's just past 18 hours, 30 minutes and 59 seconds East African time. Time for John Sibiokumu on Wednesday. This being Wednesday, the 7th of December, 2022. Hamjambo na Hello and welcome. The spotlight today is on mental health. Now, the online definition that I've found states that mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make healthy choices. And mental health is important at every stage of life, from childhood and adolescence through adulthood. Now, our mystery guest at the outset is a research scientist on population health. Daktari, we put this question to a group of university students here in Nairobi. What challenges do you face to your mental health? Jay, ni changamoto gani wewe unazopitia kutokana na afya ya kiakili? on some days i just feel unmotivated to do anything i just want to lie down and sometimes a bit of loneliness um is quite relevant to my season right now and i think the season is more of the transition between university and now fully fledged adulthood when i'm stressed about something i need to do whether it's a project an assignment i struggle to sleep especially the night before probably pressure from myself and others anxiety but something that might happen in the future this tag you've given men men are supposed to be strong or the boy child is supposed to be strong so you find that they suffer in silence so you can't say they are less affected because women are speaking more it's a private experience where only you deeply understand and feel the pain that you're going through mm -hmm. and you may not even be able to articulate where it's hurting what the disappointment is and i would like people to know that the biggest thing with students is they're not able to talk about it there's a lot of stigma around it so i'd like the public to actually see it as a disease without the health of the mind you can't really control other aspects of your life well, Daktari, some people seem to have been having some fun there in the background, you know, those lovely beats. But um, what's your response to what you've just heard? Yeah, I, th I think I'm very happy that, um, you know, there is a lot of awareness uh, today around mental health, especially among uh, young people and, you know, students. And, and people being able to actually articulate the struggles they're going through. I think it's, it's, it's a very good thing because, you know, as people put there, uh, it's, 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 it used to be a stigma, yeah? It, it was a stigma in terms of talking to people about how you feel emotionally and the anxiety you are going through, um, you know, to, to fulfill all the demands on you in life. So it, 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 it's, I'm happy to see that, you know, young people today are really opened and uh, they are aware about uh, the emotional well-being and they are willing to talk about it. And uh, they, they really put what the problem is there clearly. And, uh, you know, looking for, you know, solution and how to help and support them is what we need to, you know, to start thinking about. Well, let's go back one. I think, shouldn't we make a distinction between health and illness? Mental illness would be required treatment. What is mental health? Uh, the the backstory in that 
is that surely life by its very nature is stressful. Mm -hmm. So to hear a young man saying, I've got my exams tomorrow and therefore I'm stressed, uh, in the same vein, somebody who's just about to play the quarterfinals of the World Cup are saying, oh my goodness, I'm the great whatever, but I'm stressed about Monday's game. So what's with it? Where the cause for concern in our day and age? Yeah, exactly. You know, stress is part of the daily life. And, you know, uh, it's also stress helps us actually to, to understand how important something is, an activity is. And uh, it's just a brain telling us that we have to take it seriously. And then, uh, yeah, we have to do the best we can. And the problem that concerns come when, uh, you know, when people cannot deal with stress. And that's why you talk about mental health, when you lose your ability to deal with the daily stressors of your life. And, and, and it happens because sometimes the stressors are getting too much. Uh, we feel like, uh, you know, people expect too much about us and we feel like we don't have what it takes to, to really complete the task or what it takes to, you know, to, to, to fulfill what is expected from us. And then we lose that ability to really deal healthily and properly with stress. That's where the problem comes. Daktari, this is the year mm. 20, 2022. I need not remind you of that. What I wish to know is... Why has this become the topic of the moment? Why in our time, why weren't people talking about mental health and wellness in 1922 or 1822? Yeah, for me, I think the reason why it's so, you know, it's so popular now is that uh, people took time actually to pause. You know, with the COVID years, the last two years that we spent, people have really taken a pause and start thinking about, you know, their, their life and how they feel and all that. So you're saying it's a phenomenon yeah, of the last two years? Yeah, I think the last two years, that, that the COVID years, where people were really closing the house and, you know, had <laughs> more time with themselves and really thinking of how, where they've reached for their life, if they have fulfilled the goals that they, you know, the, their own dreams or the things that they, they plan to do for themselves. And then realizing maybe, oh, my life is you know, where I sh it should be right now. Or maybe, you know, people had time especially young people time to to know to be on you know on social media to 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 look at others comparing themselves with others and then realizing maybe they are not where they're supposed to be and 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 i think that's why people are really talking about mental health it doesn't mean it was not there during the old times maybe people were not talking about it i think what changed now is that people are able to talk about it to move past this cultural stigma and talk about it well dr just to set you up. I think that this is a vast topic. I can work that out using my pea brain. But I think that we can, over the next hour or so, break it out into component parts. And I, I, I'm looking at you. I know that you're an African. I know from having spoken to you about half an hour ago that you come from somewhere else. You come from Cameroon, so you're not a Kenyan Kenyan. But I want to look at it from an, a cultural aspect. And just we know about the imposition of an alien culture, the effects of colonialism. We, but how in this great debate about African responses to the African condition does the story of mental health fit in? Are we different in our mental health struggles from somebody from Gujarat, from somebody in Shanghai, from somebody in Iceland, or... Is this a universal construct? We suffer from stress in the same way. Or indeed, is that not a very intelligent question? 
<laughs> it is an interesting question. And we suffer the same way. I, th- I think mental health is a universal concept. We suffer the same way that through stress and, as I say, the daily stressors of life. Um, I, I will say the, the the part where maybe I will say the continent is different and it's it's a cultural view around the, you know, the, the mental fortitude of the population. You know, there is always this myth saying Africans are poor, but they're happy. And I think it's a myth that we... And they've got rhythm. Yeah. Let's not and forget the rhythm, they rhythm, they're dancing. And they can yeah. dance and be yeah. happy they, yeah, through the exactly. struggles. They're the poorest of the world. But you're, you're, you're speaking to my point entirely. <laughs> that this is, you know, they, they've lied to us. This is not... Stress is not an African problem. Yeah, exactly. We're strong. We're resilient. Exactly. You know, and we live we, close we, to nature. We bought into that idea right. that actually we, we should not complain. And, and I think also, like, we, we're getting from our families, our parents, our... You know, relative that, uh, you know, especially for the boy child, we, we get that uh, we should be strong. We should be strong. We should bo- not complain. Uh, you know, we can, you know, move through life and, and do what we're supposed to do. So I think that's why Africans are different, is that culturally we think admitting that we, we have issues, mental issues, or we, are, we cannot do something, it's a weakness, which is not good. Dr. if we went to India, for example, there, I think there are lots more people than there are on the continent. If we went to China... There are lots more people than there are Africans on the continent. Does this problem, I mean, now we're reading about the Chinese complaining bitterly and just saying enough of all these kind of quarantines. We want to go Mm -hmm. out and see the sun enough taking us all to hospital and if COVID is destroyed. Um, So relatively speaking, we should be happy and rhythmic when we haven't got to the Chinese situation yet. Yeah, but 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 don't forget also. I, I think our problem also, I will say, is that um, we might not voice a concern like you know Chinese people will do, or European or American will do, for example. So we 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 have this culture, and for a long time now, of 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 suffering in silence and trying to go through things in silence. So I'm that's why I say I'm very happy at the beginning. I'm very happy that people actually have are very motivated to open up and, and talk and talk freely and, and saying, uh, you see like the young man was saying at the beginning, I'm suffering in silence. Suffering in silence should not be. We will should be able to talk about what we are going through internally. Dr. should I share a recent conversation with a sociologist studied in the United States of America and she said to me, you know, we had mechanisms in the bad old days. You went to the African society, you went to talk to your auntie, they talked to you about life's progression, you're a woman, you're uh, approaching motherhood. All these instruments were laid down and now they've been replaced by this horrendous Facebook online generation. That is our problem. Would you agree that we'd, we'd have to go some sort of backward retrogression to the delightful days of our grandparents? What I will say is that, um, you know, it's not possible to go back, you know, in life or in society, we always go forward, you know, <laughs> culture change and we have to adapt and move with, with the flow. You know, the young generations today do not face the same issue as the old generations and all that. And, and sometimes you see young people complain that the old people do not really understand what they are going through. Right. So the, the, f- the format of receiving information, sharing information are different. The pressures that they're going through are different. Um, I'm not sure if the old version of formats of dealing with, you know, societal issues is still, you know, the, the right way to to, 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 to to go about these days. But but I'm but I'm, I'm convinced that we have as a society 
uh, the, the, the obligation and the mandate to not just say, you know what, things cannot work anymore the way we were working before, but the f- the find the right format for us. You know, the problem sometimes is that we're trying to deal with our issues, with, uh, you know, you know, formats that have been, uh, you know, imported from elsewhere. Elsewhere, say for example, we can deal with mental health issues in our society using formats that have been developed in Europe or you know in Asia and all that. So what what is it that societal societal you know format that you can bring together as an African to be able to deal with it? And a very nice, very nice, innovative way of doing it. I I recently stumbled about the project come you know the the happiness the the happy bench the happiness bench for example where it's not just the old people like you know aunties or relatives you know talking to you about your mental health issues or talking about the problems you're going through but really you know Pierre you know support like having a, another young person sitting with you and really talking about you know your issues what you're going through and trying to advise you for you know for 30 minutes or one hour so I think it's for us to find um, ways of doing that and ways of doing that that we really speak to our own culture and our own way of doing things before we take a quick break um, would you give us some statistics that point to the enormity of the of the problem say every day in Kenya would you believe that because of stress you know uh, people say in Finland or something it's all it's very dark and at Christmas time what are the distressing signals that things are not quite what they ought to be very quickly yeah it's it's very bad if you look at data almost 60 to 70 percent of the population suffer from stress, like stress that really leads to anxiety and an inability to function. 60 to 70 to 90%, depending on which part of the continent that you're focusing on. So it's, it's terrible. And if you look also at latest you know, reports around the issues, you can see that you know Africa now, as a region, have very high hate of, uh, rates of suicide. So it's, it's something that is really you know, um, problematic and we really need to address it. A dark point to stop, but we shall, and we shall continue. Thank you very much. The best mix of music. Capital FM. Onwards, Daktari, I'd like you to tell me from your professional standpoint... What is stressing us? What does stress us? Define stress in our society. Yes, if if when you talk to communities out there, um, stress is a, a feeling, a state, emotional state, where we are afraid. We are afraid that we will not, you know, be able having the ability to do what we are supposed to do. That's what causes stress. That's what how stress can be defined. And as I say, stress is a it's 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 a normal part of life, yeah. But it's the problem is when it becomes too much and when we cannot cope with it. So what's what stresses um, um, most people, uh, communities. When you talk to communities, it's really um, if I say the top maybe five of them of the reasons, it's it's the daily you know the daily obligation of life. So I have a family. I have to put food on the table. I have to fulfill my responsibilities as a father or as a mother, pay school fees, you know, pay medical bills, all of those kind of things. And, and, and you know, especially for, 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 for men, uh, it's, it's really understanding how, how am I be able to do that if I don't have a good job? How, how can I do that? And, and, and the second one might be, um, especially for young people, I would say the fear of future. 
the fear of disappointment, the fear of uh, of letting people down, especially the parents or people who have invested so much in us, you know, financially, emotionally, to take us where we are. Uh, put us through university, and, and and we know that, for example, uh, for example, put us through university, and we know that we cannot maybe pass our exams or, or, or you know, uh, get to get the certificate that they're hoping that we <laughs> will obtain. So we get really stressed there. And of course, the other reasons um, um, will be, I, w- I will say, uh, as a researcher, will be that the, this feeling of of loneliness sometimes, as I say, that was exacerbated by by COVID nineteen, and then there's also this this feeling of um, of um, of hopelessness uh, that sometimes people have because you know they they, they think they cannot do uh, you know as best they they they, 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 they know they, they they are able to or they will want to and 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 the last one I will say um, what stress most individual is the the need nowadays the need to belong they need to belong uh, the, the fact that people think um, I, I I need to go out th- of my way to be able to belong somehow to a group to be how people out there are like i see those beautiful things on social media i see people having having happy lives on social media and i feel like i'm left out of that group of the fun you know that 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 feeling that i need to belong i need to be somewhere and and i'm not you know so people feel like you know you have to you, you really have to get to a place where you, you you're part of the movement and also that's what stress people and stress is more uh, now an issue among young people more among young people and this is because more people now have this this um i would say not habit but this this kind of way of doing things in a in a comparison <laughs> to other young people like they're trying to compare their lives and I think maybe that's why the problem is trying to say okay, you know what this one has you know he's completed his master's he's completed school and he has a nice job he has a nice car he has he has everything to be happy and I, I, I can't do that so am I a failure am I a disappointment to myself and to others and then we start putting ourselves through you know through uh, kind of questioning, <laughs> questioning our choices, questioning everything, and we can, you know, uh, with time we we start stressing, and then we can't cope anymore. I hear you. So uh, we've agreed from the outset that this is going to be an inexhaustible topic. But I, forgive me for sort of flittering around like a butterfly. I'm going to bring in the key word family, mm. and we're talking African to African. Lots of the big distance between here in Cameroon, but here in Kenya, the family always acknowledged as you know the fulcrum that the basis of 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 social structure the family but now i seem to see all around me if we focus on young people that the notion of the family getting married to someone taking your vows and saying till death us do part is no longer part of the equation the equation now seems to be that you would be actively encouraged to abandon an unhappy relationship and also amongst the young you find the incompatibility of me not being required to be a breadwinner to go out there and hunt and pay the rent and pay the fees but now we're working in tandem and many are the young people especially women of of my acquaintance who simply can't find a partner because no man is prepared to take them on or no young man is prepared to take them on. So they've got problems. So is the family 
in your research going to be a topic? Because it's obviously under siege. Uh, the, the notion of the family, mum, dad and happy kids is no longer the norm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we find. Unfortunately, when you when you do research around family, the institution of marriage, mm. you realize this, the, the the concept of it or the ideas is changing. But do you think? Let's be let's forget yeah. because we do you think that the object of, of a union is for mm. you to be happy? Because <laughs> that's uh, that that was that is not the mindset that I grew up in a generation unlike these young people. The, the the feeling was that one had to stick with it. You've yeah. taken your vows. Exactly. And, you, and more so, because we can morph into religion, you you stuck with it because it was a union made by God. So by definition, even God is uh, under siege. Yeah, and you know, so by definition in research, when we, we say that happy people who live in as married <laughs> have actually longer life expectancy. They, they live longer and they're happier. That's what research tells us yes but of course um uh, i totally agree with you as we taught us <laughs> that when we in all by our old parents or you know our relative aunties and all that that marriage is something that you stick with yeah happy or not happy it's 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 work marriage for example so you have to to <laughs> to stick to your commitment to your vows and make it work but of course as i said uh, now you know because people are also uh, more aware of of their own emotional state and well-being um, there is also um, but we always and, have to make a distinction yeah. in this conversation of ours between the rural and the urban yeah definitely so, so let's i think we're talking urban well-educated mm. um got degrees got phds okay let's stick with them for a while and i'm saying to you daktari these guys are saying uh, single motherhood uh, not because uh, of, uh, I'm sure you're, you're into the realm of teenage pregnancies, but just women who are bringing up their children alone. It has increased. Or am I meeting? No, am it I, am, is. Am it, I walking it has, in the, it, it yeah, has yeah, increased. Yeah. It has increased. Yeah. So We've, is that to be the norm? Mm. Uh, if I had a daughter, would her choice be to, um, to be happy because we're trying to eliminate stress, uh, get rid of these awful men who are ruining my life and do it alone? And by extension, therefore, do kids need fathers? I mean, this is why we won't finish our topic today, <laughs> because one thing leads to another. But for the moment, I'm saying the family is under siege. Is that a cause of stress in our society? It is definitely a cause of stress. It's a cause of stress. Because, you know, quality of relationships matter for one's you know, emotional state. So if you're in a relationship that is, you know, poor quality, there is uh, violence and all that, you definitely cannot be happy. Yeah. But I, I think it's, 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 it's always good to also be cautious when you're talking about that. Because, and I keep on, I can, you know, going back to the same thing. Stress is a part of life. And I think people have to understand that. Yeah, as I say, when it's too much, that it becomes an issue. Yeah, but so I'll, I'll draw, Dr. I'm drawing you on the anchors mm. that were the foundation, which are being challenged. Those the, the the notion of the family is one of them, and the one that's going to go hard by before mm. our next four minutes go through is religion. We are in a society where nine out of ten people would say that they're Christian, that they're saved that Jesus Christ is their personal savior, that Allah is their prophet, but, 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 they're not living lives which are in synchronicity with that belief as spelt out in the Bible and the Quran. 
Yeah. So that must be stressful. It Surely. Is, it is stressful. It is stressful. And I think maybe you touch a bit to, we say sometimes, hypocrisy of, of you know, of how we live, live our life. Uh, definitely, um, as a researcher, you see a, a crisis in terms of how we, 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 we handle our institution, being family, being marriage, uh, being, uh, you know, the ability of, of sticking <laughs> to, to the commitments we make. Yeah, but at the same time, I, I um, it is also important to know that because you know we 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 live in a world I will say where people now really uh, assume that one's happiness <laughs> might be more important that that commitment. And, and I'm asking, and I'm asking, do you agree? Uh, uh, as an individual, <laughs> as an individual, do you, do you agree? <laughs> and as an individual, I I I, I would say somebody's got to speak up. You're yeah. go, you're going to be a role model <laughs> for somebody. Mm. Uh, I know that I would definitely encourage my own children to attempt to be happy, but I'd also try to make them recognize that they. Uh, with a with a responsibility comes responsibilities. Exactly. So don't enter into this thing lightly. Yeah. Either you know, sort of stay single until you're seventy, and then mm. find the love of your life. But don't sort of go into it for a year and then look at some sort of Facebook page and decide it, it's time to get divorced because because X Y Z. Yeah, definitely. Because you can't have your cake and eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with freedom, as you say, comes responsibilities. Yes. So if if you make the commitment and you make the vow and you <laughs> consider yourself, of course, as a Christian or mm. you know, of somebody of faith, you have to fulfill those commitments. There is not. Yeah. There is there are there is one in every one hundred Kenyans who would admit to being not to being a person of faith. So we're all by definition mm. people of faith. So the faith is challenged. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. But I would say as an individual, as and I totally agree with you, John, it's like you mm. you as long as we we want to give, especially to our children, uh, as parents, the freedom to to know to be happy in life, we also have to <laughs> to to really make the point to them that our choices have consequences, and we have to be able to help them and support them making the right ones. For okay, their life. so we'll we'll stay with the, with the religion just one more bit and look outside the world. I think it's in Iran currently with this sort of burn, where you know you have the Ayatollah and all these people. And the young are rebelling against the uh, spiritual status quo. Is this the way of Africa as well? No, I, I will say um, I, I will not advise society to go the way that you know you 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 you. <laughs> you say you you break the basin with the child while after finishing mm. watching the child. No, mm. things can change. We we can adapt and move and, and evolve, but it has to be you know in a thoughtful process. Yeah, he has to be uh, thoughtful. We have to do things in a way that we we change gradually. We we move with the flow. We understand the new challenges that you know the population citizens have, and then uh, try as you know as government as communities to be able to fulfill you know the the needs or aspirations that you know that uh, of, uh, that evolve with time. So I, I don't think going on the streets and you know shouting uh, might be the you know the right way to do things. Okay, no revolution just yet, according to Daktari. Another break. Capital FM. Daktari, this whole issue, I don't know whether, of aping Western culture, and we're still sticking somewhat to the last prong, where in Western society... We have the LBGT community. We have 
alternative ways of sexual expression, which are, have been more or less adopted in Western society. They're the norm. And everybody, maybe if you want a loan from uh, the World Bank, it's almost like, are you? And every president who comes here, whether it be Barack Obama, will give a little speech saying, and our presidents are always saying, saying yeah, yeah, so these are not our ways. But on the ground, in terms of stress, there are young people who are committing suicide because their parents will not accept their sexual orientation. So again, African to African, is this also under the carpet or is it going to disappear? What do your numbers show? And again, I'm being specific and then I'm pointing to the sort of bourgeois elite. Uh, we'll go to the slums and teenage pregnancies soon, time permitting. But let's stay with the people who are possibly listening to this show. Maybe they've lost a friend in the last week for some terrible uh, uh, inability to be accepted in our society. And we have no legislation to actually make them feel safe. In terms, there is nothing that says it's okay to be the way you are. Last I read it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think this is an issue, and um, if if you look at data or you look at at um, other countries where, um, or at least <laughs> all the countries where this is not legalized, of course we have a lot of people who suffer from from isolation, stigmatization. Because you know what creates stress and norm stress, you know, normal stress for people is really stigmatization. And uh, when people are stigmatized, of course, they, they find themselves in a situation where they cannot really speak out, talk about their problems, go to, you know, f for the LGBT community, for example, be able to say, okay, you know what, let's go ask for services, you know, reproductive health services, for example, because they're afraid, especially if you live in a, in a, you know, in a, in a country where uh, th there's no legal framework to, you know, to support your rights, for example, to access services or the right to, you know, to go and demand <laughs> for services out there. So, of course, uh, if I just take the example of um, of, uh, of not Kenya but other countries, there, there are a lot of groups and associations who are working uh, with the LGBT community who are actually are showing that uh, uh, the, the suicide ideation is very high among among uh, you know members of the, co the community. So I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, uh, if somebody knows of somebody who you know committed suicide <laughs> in the past you know months or in the past year because of you know being discriminated against or being stigmatized or being uh, you know told that what you're doing is, is sinful or or something of you know of uh, of a problematic nature but uh, yeah but i, I, I what i would need also to stress out is that um uh, beyond the community, the LGBT community is really uh, the, the main point to take home is that stigmatization on its own. It, it's what creates unnecessary uh, stress and anxiety in community and in society. So we c if you can avoid stigmatizing any group <laughs> of the population, uh, you, you know, you're talking about teenage mothers, for example. In, in Kenya, it's, <laughs> it's, it's terrible. If you talk to, you work with teenage mothers, you realize that the, the, the trauma and the stigma they go through because people but think... Tell, Dr. Tari, tell us a bit, now that we've gone there, about these teenage mothers. Again, we go back to the, the, the word that we had. What has happened to the family that this is where we're at now? What's happened to, 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 to mum and dad in Kibra and all these places so that we've got these teenage mums uh, being part of your survey? Yeah. Because there's, isn't that sort of chicken and egg sort of thing which came first? 
the pregnancy or the lack of uh, societal support, which came first? I would say the lack of societal support. You know, we can say the pregnancy, but it's really a lack of social uh, of, of of support because if you talk when you talk to those teenage mothers, yeah, they find themselves there because of so many reasons, and some of them is because you know they they go out there entering into <laughs> relationship like they will tell you for example in Kibera they will tell you with boda bodas, uh, mm. you know <laughs> motorbike drivers because they 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 want <laughs> somebody who can take them somewhere you know when where they want to go or to take them to school for free. So or they enter a relationship because they want you know somebody to pay the school fees and all that. So and then they find themselves pregnant, and and at the end of the day, uh, uh, they even <laughs> in a worse shape than they were before because now they you know they 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 chased away uh, by their own families. They cannot take care of themselves. They cannot take care of self of the, the the baby that they're having. They cannot go back to school, and they find themselves in a position where they and really and and with the legislation in place. They should be able to go back to school and sit their exams. But even with that sort of vocal assumption, the truth is, if you look at the numbers, when they do go back to school, they're not allowed back. They're ostracized from day one. Yeah, definitely. So, yes. yeah. so uh, we're making something of a linkage here between mm. the state and the citizen. Uh, and again, maybe we don't have the time to do it. But I think, I think it is worth thinking about these numbers. I'm sure if I were to address you as as a researcher you would give us some horrifying statistics but let's go to the village let's go to the rural areas where people are poor and in again in in my memory the idea that um the idea was that you were meant to go to a, a very avuncular old man sitting there drinking under the mugumo tree or the baobab tree uh, notions such as pedophilia uh, so notions such as incest uh, were supposedly un-African in the same way that people say, oh, we don't die of cancer here. That's the white man's disease. So why is it that every single teenage pregnancy in an up-country setting is the result of, quote-unquote, let's not give him an adjective, old man? So, uh, again, I'm just saying to you, I'm going back to the fact that we're not we're not facing up to these changes and adapting to them. We as a society, the things that we're talking about, uh, somebody's probably sort of, you know, vomiting on their shoes as we speak because we shouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, I, I think the way we, we deal with teenage pregnancies, I think you have to understand the root cause. And most of those young girls who <laughs> get pregnant, as you now, said. We were get, in the village now. Yeah, yeah. Forget your border, being, border, be, being I want rural, to go to... Being in rural areas. If mm. you, you look at the statistics, the teenage pregnancy actually higher in rural areas <laughs> than mm. urban areas. I should think yeah, so. Yeah, I should think they so. They are, they are. And incidences of incest. Yeah, exactly. I should think so. Exactly. And, and I will not cite the counties <laughs> here on, on air, but uh, a lot of them happen in rural areas. Yes. And, and again, is, is as you said, this break down of the society and and if 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 you look at the 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 the, 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 the fathers of those children that those teenage mothers have they're old people <laughs> they're old men uh, and if, <laughs> as you say it's problematic because they're the one who are supposed to be the custodian <laughs> of the society in protecting those those young girls and 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 and, and being you know able to show the you know the right way of you know doing things or, or behave in society but it, it's unfortunate to 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 see that um um as a society maybe uh, we, we we are not evolving or adapting the way we need 
two. So as I said, if we have um, uh, a breakdown of the old ways of doing things, we have to adapt. We have to change. We have to see actually with our own new challenges right now, what can be done? What, how can we do things? Yeah. So if you sit, for example, as, um, as a community, I'm talking about a teenage pregnancy, having the, the, the ability to sit and to understand what are the causes and, and how can we deal with them Should, and deal with them as, you know, as a government, but also as a community, it, it should be the way to go, I think. You know, Daktari, when I was young, the age of the dinosaur, we, we are reading sort of uh, Chinua Achebe, Things Fall Apart. And the through line, I'm sure you must have read it in your generation. The idea was this this idea of um, there was one bit, you know, the Africans, you know, the moon shines for all of us. We gather together because, you know, we're Africans. But also there would be a sort of chapter where we would learn that once a woman died, she went to be buried in her maternal. She went back to where she came from to be buried. And uh, when Okonkwo was sort of banished for seven years, it was, oh, my goodness, this is terrible. I'm going to spend seven years of my life in my in-laws. This was the worst possible thing. And, you know, the dreaded white man comes along, turns the whole thing around. But what comes in its place? What was there before was unsatisfactory. Because, again, if you read the Okotbiteks of this world and you're watching, you know, the plays that I watch, Renga Moy or whatever, the sort of central image that sort of represented the Idi Amin regime was the killing of twins. So this woman has twins. Oh, my goodness, you can't have twins. So we had things that were bad. We're now giving the responsibility for doing bad things to us. So there's a disconnect. What are we going to come up with, which is by its nature good? Do you see the sort of convoluted question that I'm asking you? <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me what I see as researchers, because I work a lot with communities, is, is really even the, the willingness to, to, to really sit and, and start thinking about the new challenges that we have and working on something you know different or something that is better for us or work better for us. Exactly. That's yeah. the question I'm asking. Mm. Because, But first of all, you know, like, you know, uh, when you're an alcoholic, the first thing is to recognize That's I've got you, a yeah, problem. Exactly. Yeah. So mm. I'm saying, what do we have? To, are there certain things that before we get into a segment where we look for solutions, mm. are there certain things where we can be self-critical? Exactly. Where we can read where people are as a society condemning certain modes of behavior. Yeah. And maybe that might stretch all the way to a point where we find manifestations of corruption insufferable because we just don't do that. In the bad old days, you're meant to do something really, really bad. Uh, and, uh, you know, you sort of you committed suicide in that instance because you'd let yourself and the society down. But now, the the sort of great scandals that we have, um, you know, again, you didn't mention names of counties. I'm not going to mention the names of countries. But there's some very vibrant uh, where the notion of honor, oh, there's, there's the word, Daktari, that it was honor, the honorable thing to do is, uh, have we lost all sense of this notion of honor? I just don't do that. You just say to people, I don't do that. Not I do that because the circumstances have led me to do it and nobody's going to catch me in the act. I don't think we've, we've lost it. I, I, th I think maybe sometimes we forget it. 
<laughs> we, we forget. Well, well elaborate. Yeah. 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 We, we, we forget sometimes because, you know, people will tell you, oh, I did that because we give justification. I did that because, you know, I wanted a promotion and advancement. I did that because I needed some money. I did that because I needed, you know, uh, some cash to do something. But we still have that sense of honor but ingrained in but, us. But in terms of, of dealing with our young women, uh, it's almost a badge of courage in many African societies, forget Kenyan, to find, you know, a man with a certain means with a car outside uh, serenading uh, at a bar or restaurant with a nyamachoma, uh, somebody else old enough to be his granddaughter. That's quite acceptable. So I'm saying if it's not condemned and found to be despicable, then it might as well just continue. Yeah, exactly. A society, as, 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 you, as you put it, we, we have to be able to at some point sit and reflect and criticize ourselves and, and, and looking at the way we do things. You know, you talked about suicide, for example. You see, there's a lot of countries, <laughs> a lot of countries, and I do not <laughs> cite them, where suicide is still, is still a crime, a crime, yes. where the person is actually, uh, uh, will spend up to two years in prison because they attempted to kill themselves. So instead of, of, of dealing with the issue and even understanding why the person did that, we, we're judging. We're condemning, and then we say this is not honourable things to, to do. So, what was that honourable things to do for that person when we had problems? We don't tell him that. So, it's really how do we as a society address issues? If we know, for example, going back to mental health issues, if we, we know stress and anxiety is a problem, we have to sit as a society and recognize it, and we have to actually talk to our young people on and understand, not judge. I really understand what are the problems, what caused that, what is it as a society we missed, why is it that we're not supporting them, and, and how, why are they feeling like they cannot talk about it? And then really say, uh, do, do we have uh, avenues, or do we have a way of making people you know, feel free to speak before it's too late? And then try and think and look for solutions as a society. So this ability to sit and reflect and deeply think about a problem and looking for solutions, is, it's sometimes what we need to do. Thank you very much, Daktari. Time for our last break. Thank you. Daktari, our last 15-minute segment, uh, part of which we'll, we'll know who you are, but before we get there, could you share with us things that I don't know and perhaps our listeners don't know about the fruits of your own research in whatever area or areas? Yeah, I, I work on population health, and um, I, I will say that if I just focus on the, the topic of mental health, because I've done a lot of research around it the last two years, and working mostly with adolescent and, and young mothers, um, I will say there, there is a there is a critical critical issues that we need to address among young women, and um, the, the issue of teenage pregnancy, the issue of uh, mental stress among mothers. Young mothers need to be addressed. Um, I told you we, we, we're talking about the 60 to 70 percent of, of 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 young people today in our continent who have an issue with uh, with mental health stress or you know anxiety, which is 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 quite it's quite huge. It's a huge thing. And uh, if you look at uh, young mothers, uh, the issue is even exacerbated with, as I said, stigmatization and, uh, and the fact that sometimes they chase out of home and sometimes they chase out of school and all that. So, so 
what my uh, my research uh, shows is that um, we should not take mental health very lightly on the continent, and especially also in Kenya, we should not take it lightly. And we really need to find ways to to address the issue. And and, and the only way to address something is really to understand the problem. And and I think um, f- from my experience, or uh, well, at least from from my research, is that we. We have not taken time to really sit and invest on understanding uh, how bad the issue of mental health is, is in our community. We have not taken time for that, and and I will say I, I don't think we need to to wait for you know uh, the external world out you know all of those like-minded as we call them institutions coming from abroad to tell us <laughs> what to do in terms of our mental health. We need to invest as communities. Because as I said, we can start at communities to address, to understand our problems and address them and see ways or formats to address them. We need as a government, as government to really uh, start thinking, this is a big issue. So if you look at policy-wise, if uh, policy-wise, what can we do? Um, in terms of, uh, of generating evidence, uh, what, what can we do? In terms of understanding uh, the issue from the youth perspective, we talk about lived experience of young people, uh, mental health. You know, uh, how can we have, you know, safe spaces or forums where young people can come and speak freely about the problems and actually say uh, from their own voice and perspective what needs to be done? Uh, I think it's something that we need to to start doing, uh, really integrating our problems. And and we can start moving from there. Dr. Harry, I'd like to draw you on this issue of gender uh, because... uh, the child maybe just ought to be a child, ought to be a child, but we have this uh, focus on the boy child, the girl child. And again, a sort of national debate is that, that we've spent so much energy elevating the concerns of the girl child that, you know, that the boy child is a crumbling mess. So I'd like you to comment again in this cultural sort of um, uh, cauldron in, in, in which we find ourselves. Is this a society where men, real men, so to speak, are going to be allowed to cry? Or are they going to head off for the annual circumcision ceremony and stay out in the cold for a week, uh, in a cold blanket, whatever, and come back as real men? No emotion, no nothing. I'd like to suggest that at the end of the day, um, uh, male children are as much challenged as a girl, is that false? So again, is that just no? no definitely, definitely. Uh, there is a reason why we focus on girls eh, in research and programs. Is because they were really <laughs> the one left behind. When you're looking at education completion, access to you know to, to to power, resources, you know empowerment issues in society, the women were really left behind. That's what we focus on women these past few years. But of course, as you said, we we realizing now that we, we we also left the men behind by doing that. And and there is a concept in research that we call toxic masculinity. And I think it's a big issue right now in Africa where we think we have this conception that of the strong man who cannot be weak, who cannot be, who cannot be seen crying in public, even in a funeral and all but, that. But that's the way it always was. That's how... Yeah, that's, but there's something that, we need yeah. to change. There's something yes, we need yeah. to change. And that's what makes, you know, mental health that... that that bad among men, if you compare men to women, is because of that toxic masculinity. The, the idea that we, we are strong men and but the, the only Dactari, the only problem is with is with the adjective toxic, because toxic means whatever. In most instances, where you see uh, in a in a domestic situation, and uh, you're going out for tea, 
and a little boy begins to cry, the solution to that problem is to thump them so hard that they cry themselves back into stillness. So in other words, you're not sort of indulging this thing. It's like, oh, you've done that, whack, whack, whack. So, um, yeah, and those are the men we want. So if those are the men we want, do we then feel when they find that they can't cope with relationships, that they can't have a gentle relationship with a woman, that it's a great shock to us, we have formed them yeah. and are forming them to this day, Daktari, to this day. I, th I think the thing is what we want. I think it's it's up to shape what we want to see in society. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> so yeah. we have to actually understand that if, if we teach boy to be a certain way and if we realize it's problematic for them, we have to see, <laughs> we have to be able to see that what we want might not be working anymore and being able to actually find ways to do something different or adjust. Not really, not change, but they do things not the way we want them to be, but the way we think is the most reasonable to do. Dr. Harry, let me tell you, I, I went to a boys' boarding school and it was always sort of engineered that within the first week as a mono, in the first week, you'd be accused of certain punishments so that you could get six of the best. You could be get a lashing. And one of the things that you would never outlive in your whole community in that, in that school if it, if it went on record that John came back from the lashing in tears, you were finished. So you prepared for it, even if you, you prepared for it. Uh, so I think I got six of the best. I, I felt like crying, but I, I didn't. And surely, in a way, that makes me a damaged male. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm trying to ask you what society has done in between time to try and create a different type of male. Because in Kenyan society, we're creating the kind of male who is unhappy because they didn't watch the, you know, they didn't have meat with their pudding or something. And uh, they go and burn the school down. These, those are the actions of real men. That's how they feel that they ought to sort a problem. And we, we, their parents, have encouraged them to do that. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's just like we should not create extremes in society. So not, you know, as I said, freedom comes with responsibility. So we should be able to shape, you know, the next generation or this current generation in a way that we want them to do the honorable thing, the right thing, but also um, ensuring that we are not extreme in what we are asking <laughs> from people. No, but, you know, Dr. Chari, where I'm leading you in the last minutes is what, you know, with the whole idea of the role model, mm. there's this idea of I don't want a role model, I want to be myself, but... Where in our in our in our cultural manifestations, I'm a man of the theatre and the plays and stuff. Where do we see sensitive men in our films? Where do we see the lead character being sensitive? We're exposed to sort of like you know the central message. It's a crime. It's been committed. You know, people are being shot. You know, somebody comes and solves the mystery. Uh, I don't think that, you know, my sons, if they were that young, would feel that it was time to be sort of gentle and accepting. It was all the games that they, they play. Um, I Sorry, I, I'm over belaboring this. Uh, we get what we deserve. <laughs> we are getting what we deserve. As a society, you always get what you deserve. And, and, and therefore, you as a researcher <laughs> ought to be telling us as a conclusion what would you tell us in the conclusion of your paper to stop doing? What edicts would you tell us to stop to 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 you know stop doing this, folks? Kenyans, for heaven's sake. 
I would say as a society is really to stop and to to see actually what is challenging uh, nowadays. We have to stop a society. So these these old speeches of oh this is how we used to do things. I, I think we need to stop that. This is how we do used to do things, but things are not the same as they were in the old days. So really understanding what what do we have on our table today and how can we address what we have and what are some of those tools and solutions we can put for what we have now on the table. As you say, young people exposed to almost everything. Uh, young men wanting to be more gentle and 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 be free to cry when they want and all that. So really. It's really looking at. Does government have a role to play? Definitely. Does, educa- does education have the school system, definitely, the syllabus? Definitely, definitely have a role to play to shape society. Is true. But we're looking, we're looking to create a new syllabus. I don't see any discussions about the kind of Kenyan woman or man, girl or boy we're trying to create. Exactly. We're, we're I, preoccupied go, with yeah. different ways of attaining skills, uh, <laughs> STEM versus whatever. Exactly. I will say even if you look at curriculum that we have now, we don't even thinking about how to be a good citizen. Right. Like really focusing on your role in society and all that. It would be nice to, you know, we 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 used to have those, you know, topics around family life and and you know those things on how to behave in society. So wh- why not? We we can start from the school education system. Really, uh, when we talk about life skills, really understanding what is it to be a good citizen, what to be, what is it to be a, a parent, what is it to be a family man. Uh, what is it to you know to be uh, honorable, as you say, a, a man or woman in the society nowadays? I think we, we can start from there, definitely. Tari, please tell us who you are. My name is Estelle Monique Sidze, uh, and I'm a research scientist at uh, African Population and Health Research Center. Tell me a bit more about Cameroon. Il faut me parler un tout petit peu du Cameroon. C'est un pays que j'ai jamais visité, moi. I'm originally from Cameroon. So yes. Cameroon is a beautiful country in Central Africa. Uh, what do we are known best for football, and you know now the World Cup is ongoing. We are <laughs> unfortunately yeah, being disqualified uh, already, but uh, horrible things happen to good people. <laughs> yeah, we, we pride ourselves to be, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> a good team <laughs> when it comes and, to football. And I dare say you pride yourself on excellent cuisine. Exactly. Uh, and sort spicy of mixture, add mixture of spicy, fish. Spicy, spicy cuisine. Oh, if only I were to live long <laughs> enough, I could go and eat that food. <laughs> <laughs> but tell our young listeners in two minutes, um, you're a research scientist, you're a woman, um, uh, you're, be a role model, encourage um, young people to be you. What steps have you gone through educationally? And what led you to be what you are. Yeah. Educationally, I went uh, all the way to a doctorate degree and mostly doing social research. And, and really you, studied, understand. you studied in Cameroon? Yeah, and I Thailand. studied in Cameroon. I studied in Cameroon, then went abroad to continue. Mm-hmm. And um, what How did you pick up English as a second language? I picked up English, actually, when I started working in Kenya. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so uh, I was okay. forced to pick up English very fast and, okay. and start working. Right. I think what I can tell to young girls today is just like live up to your dreams. Mm. If you if you want to to follow a path of a research scientist, you have to be able to hold you know to take all the rest the, the opportunities that you have and uh, you know to be able to. Uh, you know, to further your study. and uh, But the most important is really you need to be somebody who will love to do research and really understand society and how to change societies. It's just past 19 hours, 29 minutes and 10 seconds. We have to stop there. <laughs> do continue to give us feedback, hopefully positive and reassuring, on the Twitter handle 
at Capital FM Kenya or drop us a text or WhatsApp message on 071-984-984. I've been talking to Dr. Estelle Monique Sidze, Elle Kivien du Cameroun, a research scientist working with the APHRC, the African Population and Health Center. And of course, you've been listening to, as usual, I'd like to think, John Sibio Kumu on Wednesday. Thank you for doing that. Until next time.